Well, it is Friday, which means it's almost time for the weekend, and it's time for another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program on this fifth Friday, Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. It's good to be with you. And next week, folks, next week we will be celebrating our 200th podcast, and that is exciting. We won't spend a whole lot of time talking about it here, but just be aware that that is coming. We're excited to share it with you. But until we get there, Adam... We have a very fun Freeform Friday uh, uh, plan for you. Um, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily fit into a whole podcast format um, or things of that nature. And so we do this Freeform Friday on the fifth Fridays of the month. And I think they've turned out to be really good shows. And I'm excited to get this one started. And we are starting today's show with a hymn story, one of my favorite hymns, Living for Jesus. And before Adam gives us that hymn story, I just wanted to share my personal reflections on this hymn. This hymn is the theme song, or at least it was when I was growing up, of the cadet, Calvinist Cadet Corps of the Christian Reformed Church. And my, my parents were looking for something that we could go to as young people that was an alternative to regular youth groups. And my brother had been interested in being involved with the Boy Scouts, and my parents weren't really uh, too keen on that for reasons that I won't get into right now. But uh, they found the cadets, and the cadets were very similar to the Boy Scouts, but they have a Christian emphasis. And this hymn was our theme song, and we would sing it. I don't remember if we sang it every week, but we sang it a lot as a part of being cadets. And I just really resonated with the lyrics, and it's always been one of my favorites ever since. And so that's why I brought it for this segment. So now Adam has our hymn story of living for Jesus. Going back to the year 1866, when in the native small town, Kentucky town, Thomas Obadiah Chrisholm was born. As he grew up, he lacked formal education. And nevertheless, he became a teacher at age 16 and associate editor of his hometown weekly newspaper, The Franklin Advocate, at age 21. As he continued to grow in his career and where God was leading him in 1893, Chris Holm became a Christian through the ministry of Henry Clay Morrison, which was the founder of Asbury College and Seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky, where Morrison persuaded Chris Holm to move to Louisville, where he became editor of the Pentecostal Herald. Though he was ordained a Methodist minister in 1903, he served only a single brief appointment at Scottsville, Kentucky, due to poor health. Chris Holm then relocated to his family in Winona Lake, Indiana to recover. Fast forwarding, by the time of his retirement, he had written over 1,200 poems, 800 of which were published in a number of periodicals such as the Sunday School Times, Moody Monthly, and Alliance Weekly. Many of these were set to music. Now, the late hymnologist William J. Reynolds noted that this gospel song, Living for Jesus, started with the tune from C. Harold Loden composed the tune about 1915, and it was first published under the title Sunshine Song in a Children's Day service that he wrote. Now, the thing about Chris Holm is, is he actually protested that he had never written a text for a pre-existing tune before, but Loden insisted telling the author that he believed God had led him to select him, Chris Holm, to provide a text for this music. And within a short time, Chris Holm returned the tune with four stanzas and a refrain. Chris Holm once stated his purpose for writing songs is that I've sought to be true to the word and to avoid the flippant and catchy titles and treatment. And I've greatly desired that each hymn 
or people might have some definite message to the hearts for whom it was written. Chris Holm, resistant, resisting writing a text to a pre-existing tune, had protested that he didn't have the slightest idea as to the method used in writing words to music. And the result, however, was a song by the author, second in popularity only to his renowned Great Is Thy Faithfulness. And lastly, the refrain of the song that Chris Holm wanted to focus on stresses personal commitment to Jesus Christ because of what he did for us through his atonement. All right, well, thank you, Adam. And as this music uh, ends and wraps up, I just want to say I hope that you enjoy these hymn stories. If you have a hymn that you want us to highlight and feature, uh, please uh, let us know, and we would be glad to um, talk about it here on the show. Uh, so far, we've focused on on classic hymns because that's what I grew up with. I would be willing to take a look at stories of more modern songs. But I think, you know, one thing about the the classic hymns is just the way they tell a story and the way they're written for group singing uh, that I just really like them very much. And I hope that our audience has enjoyed hearing these hymn stories because to me they give a new appreciation for the hymns as they are. All right, well, as you know, we, we have a recurring feature here on the Speaking For Him podcast um, called the Whole Chef Minute. And usually it's a pre-recorded segment that my brother uh, Bartholomew sends in to us, and I think um, one or two times of late he hasn't been able to do it. But today not only will he be providing one, but he will be doing so live. And so uh, we would like to welcome... BJ into the studio and say, uh, welcome Bartholomew BJ. And, uh, what do you have for us today? Well, <clears throat> thank you. I, um, I'm glad to be here in the studio. Um, it's kind of a, a little different, a little more exciting than just trying sitting down and recording it myself. Um, so last time we did this, I, I think it was a couple months ago. Um, we talked about um, gardening and talked about reasons to garden. And so today, um, just because I've been working my garden a lot and, uh, it's kind of on my mind. So I'm going to talk some more about gardening. I'm going to talk about, um, soil and having good soil. And, uh, I was having a conversation recently with somebody and I was mentioning, um, just how simple sometimes some of the, the things are to grow I said, well, all I do is just throw some manure on my my plants, and they they seem to keep growing. And I was speaking about my rhubarb because it's it's pretty easy to take care of. It comes back every year. But um, the lady that I was talking to, she lives in the city, and she says, well, where do you get this manure from? <laughs> so uh, I I was taking a little bit of back because I I wasn't really thinking about um, her predicament, but just to just um, made me realize you know, kind of how good I have it because I do have um, some cows and some chickens and we do have a lot of manure to put on the garden, but also the the emphasis and how um, how having good soil um, creates a good garden. And if I may get a little bit devotional here, um, I was just recently reading in um, Luke chapter 8 where it talks about the parable of the soils. And I know it's a familiar, um, familiar parable, 
But uh, it talks, I guess I'll, I'll read a little bit here. In verse 30 and verse 5, it says, The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked mo- lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And uh, I don't want to get a, a whole lot into the spiritual significance of it, but just the point being um, in our spiritual life, you know, we, you know, um, the ultimately uh, Jesus explains this parable and he's talking about how the so, the seed is sown and it, it's sown around the world, but yet not everybody believes because there's different, people have different hearts, different um, dispositions, so to speak. And, you know, one of them, one of the soils, there's four soils here, and one of them, the, 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 the seed never has a chance because the birds come and take it away. And another one, it's too hard. The, the seed will, it starts to grow, and there's nothing for the roots to grow on, grow onto. And, and the other one is, the other um, soil problem is the weeds or the thorns that come in and choke it. And I, I mean, people have, People debate whether this is all unsaved people, or some people. I've heard some people say, "Well, they're all saved people. They're just people that are struggling in different ways." But um, the thing that we realize is that all three of these soils, there, there's no fruit um, growing from that. And um, I'm, I'm probably getting a little bit off of the subject of a garden, but just to think in your life um, how. If you don't take the time, you know, as a Christian even, to cultivate a, a heart that um, that is soft toward Christ, then you're not going to have a lot of seed. And if you, you're not going to have a lot of fruit. And again, um, like the, I always think of this thorns, who, and that's the cares of the world, Jesus says later. And so the cares, um, we need to get those weeds out of our life. And sometimes... You know, there's a saying in gardening that a weed is a is a plant out of place, and um, sometimes the weeds aren't necessarily bad, but if they're bad in the garden because they choke those those um, choke those plants and take the water or resources that the plants need. Um, so getting back to to the soil and building up our soil. Um, the soil is is key to having a good garden, and uh, there's a saying that in school that one of my my instructors, my chef instructors, said that if you start with good ingredients and you cook them well, you have good food. And I think that <laughs> that's pretty obvious. But in the same way, you can't start with poor soil and have a great garden. I mean, you can you can do certain things to it. You can add a little bit of fertilizer. In short term, but in the long run, you're going to have to start building up that soil. And the way you do that, there's there. I mean, there's several books, and you can Google articles about how to do it. Um, I look up the Weedless Gardener, and the guy who wrote that has written several articles. Um, I can't remember his name right now, 
but he's written several articles or done interviews and things. And also, you know, that book is a good book. Um, it's not, I mean, he does talk a little bit of evolutionary theory. So, I mean, you can overlook that. But, you know, basically the concept is that you um, start with beds instead of having a just a big garden. You, you build up beds um, that you can just keep adding stuff to. And then you don't have the weed seeds because they're all buried, so to speak. And um, a couple of things that you can add to your garden. Um, we use I use mostly manure. Um, composted manure, you know, let, let it sit for um, a few few months. Actually, last fall, I went out and took all the manure out of my barn and put it on my garden and then let it sit this spring. And um, it seems it's very fertile right now. Um, you can build your, you can do uh, compost itself, you know, like, um, you know, a lot of people use ki- kitchen scraps or you can compost your, grass or things like that and i know there's a whole science to that and i don't do a whole lot of that so i'm not the person really the person to ask about that but um you know there's a ratio of how much how much green matter and how much brown matter and you mix it together and let it do its thing um another option is uh you can always buy dirt you know there's a a product that actually is is put out by a dairy farm close to us called dairy dew which is like a, a, a it's a compost essentially made by the dairy manure and uh other, there's other dirt you can buy as well but that's a, a few recommendations um another thing you can do um speaking of weeds is just don't till your ground so much because you, there's seeds in the in the ground, in the dirt, and uh, every time you till, those seeds come up closer to the the top, and as you know, then they get the the nutrients they need, and they start sprouting. So you don't want to till till so much um, that you're you're basically tilling those seeds back up. So you want to keep co- you know put on, put stuff on top. Um, if you do have um, compacted soil, you're going to have to till a little bit. And then uh, even watering can help with weeds because if you water um, directly, drip irrigation, I guess, is best. I've tried drip irrigation, and my garden is so big that it took me uh, took me half a summer to get the drip irrigation out in the garden, so I don't use that anymore. But uh, if you can do that, if you have a smaller garden, that is probably the best way to go because you can pinpoint right where right at the plant and then the weeds don't get the water um so that's that's pretty much all i have you know you have any comments about that andrew well i just think uh, in a lot of ways it parallels our spiritual uh, journey because we can't build a spiritual foundation on the bad soil of our hearts we have to let god put in new soil god writes um any in ezekiel it talks about how God will take our heart of stone out and put in its place a heart of flesh so that we mm-hmm. can, can grow in the Lord. And I, I think about that when I think about the soil because I remember, I don't know how this, I don't know a lot about how the soil is on our farm right now, but I remember when we lived in Wyoming in the city, we had problems with rocky soil. 
Right. So we couldn't do as good a gardens as you can do when your soil is all smooth. And I think the same applies spiritually, that we can't grow as much as we would if we had smooth soil. So thank you for sharing that with us. And again, we thank you for being in the studio this week. Um, that's a great thing that you're able to join us. And we hope that people like the whole chef segment. And if you did, uh, please feel free um, to contact my brother. His email address is bjgomison at gmail.com. And one of the reasons I say this is because BJ has been toying with the idea of starting his own podcast, the Whole Chef podcast, yep. which would be him talking about these things in a longer format. So if that's something you would like to see him do, send him some email, give him some encouragement, and maybe that will get off the ground. Yep. And, um, read, and read Luke chapter 8 and uh, get dive deeper into this parable because it is really good. Oh, absolutely. Any thoughts, Adam? Uh, you hit the nail on the head, what I was going to say, actually, <laughs> about the soil and, and the spiritual reference of that. So uh, I like that. Something to think about here over this weekend. Especially in, in this um, in this time of year, you know, with all the summer growing that goes on. So, all right. Well, this next uh, discussion was going to be a lot more epic. And we, <laughs> we do promise that there will be epicness coming in the future. But, Adam, why don't you uh, start the discussion on our next topic? Well, um, I found this out just, uh, I'd say, about a month ago that uh, our friendly stores of Walmart down the street is going to be selling a new product that I think you might want to get your hands on because it has to do with Twinkies and deep-fried things. And basically, you put those two together and you get a deep-fried Twinkie. Now, I just have to say, I might be a little overdramatic here, but when I heard they were making this, this is what sound I made. <laughs> I was very excited. <laughs> very excited. But here, here's the catch, though, which is also when I made that same noise, is I found out that they're not going to be available till August 22nd. I thought they are going to be available now, this summer, for all our deep-frying enjoyment. But Walmart has said, no, 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 we, we got to hold down. We got to make sure that we, you know, didn't deep fry any shoes or anything by mistake or put it in a box. We want to make sure it's all Twinkies and we want to sell those starting August 22nd. So we were going to try those on the show today, but then we got that bittersweet news. So that is coming in the next Freeform Friday. Um, if all goes well, we will be taste testing the deep fried Twinkies. Yes. And, you know, this didn't come up when we were talking about it off the air, but the more I think about it, Adam, the more I think that probably one of the main reasons is they don't want to step on the profits from the fairs. It is it is 4-H fair season, and so people probably still want uh, people to be encouraged to get their deep-fried Twinkies from their local fair vendor. So that's probably a, a, a good part of the reason now that I think about it. That's a good point. I didn't, I didn't think about that. But we will survive. You know, <laughs> yes, hopefully. That, that, it's the classic hashtag first world problem. <laughs> right. We'll probably you know? survive longer if we don't have them committed, if we do, actually. <laughs> oh, well, that, that, that's another hashtag. Hashtag irony. Yeah, it is. But anyway, we will be bringing up deep fried Twinkies once again in the future. All right. Well, Adam, as typically happens on these Freeform Friday broadcasts, I ran across another mental floss list that I wanted to highlight. And for anybody that has read lists on the internet, I have to applaud mental floss because Adam, have you ever had it where you're 
you're scrolling through a list or you click on a link because it sounds like it's an intriguing list on the internet. And then you have to click a button nine or ten times. <laughs> yeah, a thousand to slides. see the whole list. Yes. Well, I love Mental Floss because they put it all on one page for you. So all you have to do is scroll down. Yes. So, Adam, as you're scrolling through this list, then go ahead and start doing that if you would. I love... Um, what was the one that stuck out to you? I thought the ice cream one was the most interesting. Not just because it's close to fried Twinkies, but... There was actually a lifetime supply of Ben and Jerry's ice cream that was the runner-up prize in a 1995 essay contest put on by the dessert moguls called Yo, I Want to Be a CEO. (laughs) How mid-90s does that sound? But anyways, uh, Ben and Jerry's was seeking a a new CEO after theirs had stepped down. And three people, including, by the way, three-year-old Taylor James Caldwell of Santa Clara, California, took home the second place prize i have no idea how three-year-old wrote an essay (laughs) please somebody explain this (laughs) how awesome is that though because it's a it's at three years old it's legitimately a lifetime supply oh like like, (laughs) you know the thing is if you're if you're 35 40 you know 50 60 and you get a lifetime supply of something who knows you know how how long that is i mean hopefully it's a good long time yet but i'm just saying totally when it's a three-year-old it's legitimately <laughs> a lifetime supply. Now the other question is, how much will his life be shortened with the amount of ice cream he's eating? <laughs> yeah, because it sounds like it's a pretty pretty legit thing because it says that he was given 150 coupons a year, plus a card that he could use in any one of their brick and mortar ice cream parlors. It seemed like he could use it every day if he wanted. Oh, totally. Which... I, he, he even mentioned that like he used to play baseball and other team sports, and you know afterwards they'd go to Ben and Jerry's because he could. Treat the whole team because he had enough. All right, that's crazy, but it, but good for them, you know. Because a lot of times with these lifetime supply stuff, there's there's stipulations that make it not quite as great. As yeah, teams. you know, like when they say a year free gas, it's usually like fifty dollars a month. Which if you live as far <laughs> away from things as I do, it's not that much. That's Tuesday. But anyway, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, inside joke. Right. Um, so let's scroll down the list and see what else we can find. Okay, stop at the top. <laughs> let's get set. We're on the I, same page. You Good. know, because the toilet paper is right below the tacos, but I, <laughs> but I think, I think, that, I think actually that those would go pretty good hand in hand. But, <laughs> Probably. Hopefully, it's. A uh, here's what it says about tacos. It says diehard fans have gotten irked plenty of times, inked plenty of times to express their adoration. For a brand or sports team, and taco lovers are no different. When a Toronto resident, restaurant, when a Toronto resident, sorry, I can't read today, uh, tattooed DLT for life over an image of a Degritos Locos taco <laughs> on his left arm in uh, 2014, it garnered plenty of PR for the franchise. They rewarded the taco fan, who is referred to only as Tyler. Now, wasn't that other ice cream dude named Tyler too? Yeah, hold so, on here. I'm just, I, yeah, I, uh, Taylor. <laughs> oh, okay, Taylor. So Tyler so, Taylor. So. I was about to get really weird. Yeah, now. <laughs> it's like it's a is conspiracy. It, is, it, is it the same dude? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was he was rewarded, according to reports, with an endless supply of Doritos Locos tacos. Wow. And uh, that's dangerous. Jamie Salmi- Salamine got. Uh, attention because of her orange hair and she was inspired by the Doritos Locos nacho cheese taco to get her orange hair and so they awarded her lifetime tacos as well 
Now, to each their own, <laughs> uh, but I don't think I would go that far for any food. No. Um, Same. So, But those are just a couple that stuck out. We will put the link on the blog so you can read the rest. We won't go through the whole list here. But I've just always been fascinated with things like that, and so I hope that you enjoy checking out that link. And if you want uh, fun stuff to come up all the time, like Mental Floss on Facebook, it's a really great page, and they always uh, come up with unique things to post, which is why it's called Mental Floss, because it kind of flosses your brain, so to speak. (laughs) So I just thought that was pretty cool. All right, well... Now we have a couple of video clips to end the show on, and I'm excited about both of these. Um, But the first one is about a kind-hearted cop who changes the life of a homeless person. So let's listen to this clip. Greenville County Sheriff's Office. My name is Robert Morris, and um, I will stop by deputy and... We sit, uh, we sit down and we had a long talk, and he was one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life, and at that time in my life, uh, I was really messed up on drugs and alcohol. Let me tell you a story about Mr. Holman. Several months ago, I got flooded out of where I was staying and uh, he spotlighted me walking down Buncombe Road. I spotlighted him, he turned around and uh, I said, you know, hey man, I hadn't seen you around here before. You know, do you live around here? And he said that uh, he was homeless, but he had dropped his head and kind of sulked a little bit and he said, officer, he said, I, I had a tent out in the woods, he said, but it got washed away with the flood. He said, walk up here at the church and let me talk to you. And so he, he searched me, you know, he done the protocol, what he was supposed to done. And then we got talking about what my situation was. He had lost his mom and dad. He had... Uh, lost his sister and that after losing his sister that he got addicted to drugs and alcohol and he also said that he had a uh, two other siblings that are still alive um, a brother and a sister but once he um, had got addicted to drugs and alcohol he pretty much ruined his relationship with them he said, you need anything? I said, yeah, I need a Bible. And so he got in his trunk and he thought he had an extra Bible back there that he keeps just for uh, those occasions. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't find one. So, well, he closed the trunk then he stood there for a minute. Then he opened the trunk back up and he gave me his personal Bible. He had visited a church and he wanted to get a Bible so they could read while he was out in the woods. But for whatever reason, he was unable to get a Bible. And I usually kept about two or three in my patrol car. One was my personal Bible. It was a little, small, uh, black leather Bible. And 
I had wrote in this Bible, done Bible studies out of it uh, with my brothers and, and um, highlighted things. And it was just, it meant a lot to me. I was really attached to that Bible. And I kind of wrestled with the fact that I knew my personal Bible was in my car. And I didn't necessarily want to give that up. But I kind of felt like, you know, God was telling me, he, he needs this more than you do. Then he asked me if I was hungry. And I said, yeah, I was hungry. And he, I said, I got a couple dollars in the box. He said, don't worry about it. He said, sit over on them steps. I'll be right back. So before I departed from Mr. Morris, I told him, I said, um, you know, I'm sorry that I couldn't get you a shelter because they were all full. And I just, I asked him, I said, is, is there anything else I can do for you? You know, when's the last time you've ate? And Mr. Morris told me, he said, well, I've got a couple dollars on me. And I explained to him, no, I'm not going to take your money and go buy you food. Um, I'll buy it. Officer uh, Holman brought me a, a plate of food. Mm -hmm. And it was about 2.30 in the morning. I was soaking wet. Yeah. I've been walking around for mm -hmm. days. It was approximately six months to the day that I had met him that I received a voicemail. And um, it was from Robert Morris. He wanted to uh, talk to me and tell me thank you. I ended up calling him back and talking to him a few times. I said, Officer Holm, you don't un you know don't understand that because of what you've done. He said, I checked myself back into mental health. I was able to get regulated with my medication. I reconciled my relationship with my brother, with my sister. He's no longer living on the street. He was. Um, he had moved back in with his brother or his sister, and uh, he told me, he said, it's because of what you done that night, you stopping me. He said, this saved my life. But I've got doubts and questions too. Behind this smile, I'm really just like you. Afraid and tired and insecure of you. Love me All right, well, and I didn't even remember from the last time I watched that video that it ended with a nice cut from the Sidewalk Prophets, which is awesome because they're one of my favorite groups. Um, my dream is still to go on a tour with them, um, at, or at the very least have them on the Speaking For Him podcast. I've, I've actually talked with their management back and forth a little bit. I've never revealed that on the podcast before. But my hope is to eventually get them on here. So those of you who have been listening, maybe you can be praying for that, um, that we can actually make that happen. Because I really like um, what the Sidewalk Prophets do. But anyway, I just really like that video, and it shows how we can make a difference in someone's life by doing something small, like giving them food. Now, I, I will say that it can be difficult to know exactly how to react to the homeless population especially in a place here like grand rapids when you know there's a lot of or west michigan i should say because we're actually sitting in holland right now and people are listening all over but in west michigan there's a lot of homeless shelters and help they can get if they really want to go that route so it can be kind of hard to help them and it also is hard because sometimes they don't want your help i still remember a story that my brother told me about when he was in the army 
in Hawaii, he gave a homeless guy an orange, and the homeless guy reacted by saying, I only take cash. <laughs> so, oh, boy. <laughs> at that point, it seemed pretty apparent that he wasn't really um, interested in meeting actual needs, but wanted money for his own uses. Mm-hmm. So it, it does take discretion, but it is important for us to realize what we can do to help others and that it doesn't have to be a really huge thing but it can it can be something that seems small but is huge to the person and if we're sensitive to what god does what god tells us then we can do it and actually that's the whole theme of that song um save my life by the sidewalk prophets is that you can do something in your everyday life that could save someone's life quite literally so I just wanted to put that out there, and I hope that story encourages you. All right, well, we're going to end our uh, Freeform Friday with a little levity, humor, from Christian comedian Michael Jr. One of the things I've really enjoyed about these uh, Freeform Fridays is that it has allowed me to bring some comedians to light and to put their clips on my show in ways that they wouldn't otherwise fit into our usually fairly serious format that we do here so uh this is a a uh video that michael jr did giving advice i think mostly to fathers so let's listen to it boom comedian michael jr here check it i am in my hotel room right now and in about an hour or so i'm going to do the k-love music awards i'm gonna do some stand-up comedy and i'm dropping a new video that no one has seen yet and what i'm doing right now is i'm about to show that video to you first <laughs> So check it. Um, I'm going to set it up for you. I get a lot of people who call me because they saw me. I don't know. They might have saw me on TV or they sent emails or whatever the case is. And, or friends who actually call me for advice as if I know more than I actually probably know. Like they want some counsel, some advice. And I don't really, like I don't know that much. But what I do is I listen to the music that's on Caleb. Hey, uh, hey, Michael. Uh, you got a second we can talk? Yeah, what's up, man? Uh, well, there's a lot of rumors going around the office of some pretty big layoffs, and I'm pretty sure I'm about to lose my job. Um, and I don't even know what to tell my wife. She just told me last night she's pregnant. And man, I I just don't know what to do. Just don't know what to do. Man, that's a that is a tough one, man. But here's what you got to do. You have to ask the spirit. I would say, spirit, lead me to where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters to wherever you would call me. Does that make sense to you? Oh, man, dude, that, that is good stuff right there. Oh. I mean, that's what I would do. That, that's some good stuff. Yeah, I know, but I just, I'm so discouraged by the fact I can't do anything to make my wife happy. I just keep causing her so many problems. Here's what you have to understand. There's a war between guilt and grace, and they're fighting for a sacred space. But I am living proof that grace wins every time. Man, this this thing is overwhelming. Parenting, uh, man, I just feel like I'm not doing a good job. I know parenting is hard, and you're you're not perfect in all your ways. But you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are, dude. That's what I need to hear, man. Lift your head, weary sinner. The river's just ahead. But you have to ask yourself the question, how great is our God? Here's the thing. You once was lost, but now you're found. 
You was blind, but now you see. See? It just hurts a lot, and I don't know what to do. Listen, the fire's in her eyes, and the words are really clear. So just beat it. What? I don't get it. I meant to say, um, uh, tell your heart to beat again. Close your eyes and breathe again. Oh, okay. Yeah, so here's what you gotta know, man. God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. Hello? Hello? Oh. Oh, this is my bag. Um, hey, so when is DC Talk getting back together anyway? <laughs> yeah, I don't like water, so I'm not going to be doing a cruise. Oh, my goodness. I just, I really liked that uh, video. And um, I got to say, that was very clever and creative by Michael to incorporate those song lyrics and and to give his advice to others through them. And it, it, it is kind of neat in the sense that there is a lot of good stuff in those Christian songs. And a lot of times we don't uh, think about them as we're singing them because we get caught up in the music or whatever. So it is good stuff there. But it's interesting that he took credit every time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is all you got to um, do. <laughs> so anyway, that that was comedian Michael Jr. I hope that you enjoyed that clip. And um, we, are, we have 199 episodes down now, Adam. So next week is our 200th. Oof. Very excited to celebrate and have... A good time on that show. Um, I hope that some of you will have voicemails into us or emails into us that uh, you can uh, that we can share on the show. As as has been alluded to um, before before this, that we pre-record, and so we will have recorded the 200th episode by the time you hear this one. Um, but I hope that as we've been talking about the 200th, that you have made your uh, made your appreciation known for it and so that we can share that and share in the celebration next week but it should be a good show we hope that you will join us and until then um, we hope that you have a wonderful weekend and that you keep serving the best Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.